Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You are with Lyle and... Minnie. Minnie, how are you this morning? Fabulous, fabulous. Are you fabulous, fabulous yep. this morning? Not yep. just fabulous, but no, fabulous, fabulous. fabulous, fabulous. <laughs> okay, so, so what does fabulous, fabulous mean? Oh, it means that yesterday afternoon I had a nap. <laughs> and <laughs> nice. then, no, it was cool. Like, I just got to talk to my brother last night, and then I had a nice long sleep, and then I woke up and I had. I think gumboots are life. So I was like, I'm going to put my gumboots. I just, it, it's just small things that make me really happy. <laughs> gumboots are awesome in weather like this. They're the best. If you're living in a part of Australia that is not getting rained on right now, then I kind of feel that's kind of rare at the moment. We've just had like dumping rain for yeah. like ever. <laughs> Floods everywhere. Um, yeah. How are you I'm, feeling I'm, this morning? I am, I'm, I'm just outstanding. Oh, brilliant. Absolutely outstanding. Tell me more. So I'm thankful for waterfront properties where there is not usually waterfront <laughs> properties. I like Went it. Went for a drive yesterday and there's some, like, some really pretty lakes. Yeah, yeah. I just wish they would stay. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, they, I, think the, uh, I think the people who live near them wish they would stay as well because the, mm. the value of their real estate would go up significantly. The farmers who own that land are probably uh, complaining that their, their cows have nowhere to eat grass, but um, there's pretty lakes. Yeah. And, and and if they stayed there, I could go sailing on them. Oh, hey, there we go. All we just wins. have to pull the fences out first. <laughs> a lot of kind, details. Kind, kind of bad if the centre board catches on the fence mm, as you're going past. It yeah. might get wet. Yeah, this is very true. But they yeah. are fun. I remember as a kid, we'd get like little water in front of our house and we'd go get the boogie boards and just like pretend we were surfing on them. Uh-huh. Thought it was the best. Yep, yeah. yep. <laughs> No, nah, these are these, Not these quite are sailable. These in, are big lakes, big enough to water ski on easily. But you wouldn't because you'd have barbed wire cut you in half. Not ideal. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And what's happening in positively different news? Okay, so obviously coronavirus has happened this year. It's just been a wild year for everyone. Like, it's just been <laughs> <laughs> Amongst other things. Yeah. Uh, among, where do you want the... You know, it's just like, did we have to have 2020? Couldn't we just skip and yeah, go to 2021? Yeah. So it's just been a bit wild. A lot of people have lost their jobs or jobs have changed, you know, all these sort of fun things. And there has been a family in Ohio and the, the dad lost his job. He was working in IT, loses his job can't pay rent and eventually the landlord goes around and he's just like you know they always pay rent on time like what is going on and he goes out and sees them and basically he just says you know I can't if I pay you my rent I can't pay for internet if I can't pay for internet I can't even do freelance work if I don't do freelance work can't have any income you know it's just a bit of a stitch up and I've totally been in the position before where I'm like Mm, maybe I can't pay rent. Like, there's going to be a problem. <laughs> but I don't have a family. That's you right. Know? That changes a lot. Uh-huh. You <laughs> like, have been known to move out. <laughs> yeah, live in my car. It's fine. You know, live off like rice and beans or carrots. <laughs> you can do that as a single person. You can. You can't do that with a family. No. And so he has two young daughters and he lives with his fiance. And so, yeah, he's just talking to his landlord. Um, and his landlord was like, hey, you know what? It's all good. Like, I know you, you've tried. And he then he gives him $100. Um, he's like, just to keep you going for this next little bit. And he also, the landlord also has two daughters of his own. And so he said he kind of just looked at the situation and went, you know, what if it was me? You know, I have two girls. What if what if I was in this position? And so he 
has other tenants as well. And so he is sorting out um, essentially payment plans for a whole bunch of them. And I just think it's cool because this is the time when the Ohio courts are saying, um, like they're predicting that a lot of people are going to be evicted. Yeah, a lot of, lot of homelessness as a result of uh, yeah. COVID. Yeah, and it makes sense. Like, you know, we all kind of... It sucks that money is a thing. Like, it's a real thing that we need. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, and so, you know, even for landlords, even if you're doing all right, it's still something if you're used to that cash flow coming in. This guy's obviously got significant investments if he's got multiple yes. uh, tenants. And so he's probably in a better position than, you know, a lot of people who might just have one tenant. And the challenge that they have then, of course, if that tenant can't pay, mm. then they can't pay. Yeah. And if they can't pay, then they become homeless. And so the only way they can avoid becoming homeless is to evict that tenant and to person. get a paying tenant in. You know, it's a it's a tough, it is a tough world when the economy crashes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was cool. And so I just think it's lovely that this person obviously has enough, you know, whether it's he's got the back the backing that he can do it. Or he, yeah. he just said, you know, one of the comments he made was, you know, we'll do to others as you would have them do to you. And maybe there's, a you know, part of it is just that moral background that he's just got like you know i just can't kick these people out um so i was like oh that's lovely well done you <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see people and he's obviously done his assessment and found that these are people who are in genuine need yeah because yep. they're not just trying to rot the system they're not just trying to uh sit on their sit on their hands and do nothing and uh and 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 use people mm. because I, I just don't have respect for people that do that you know the bible says if you don't work you shouldn't eat uh. And so you should always be in one of two situations, either looking for work um, or working mm. or mm. studying, of course. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. Preparing to work. <laughs> Let Minnie off the working hook here. Work, <laughs> Do you know what the quick side note, becoming a student was one of the hardest things that ever happened because I went from full-time working to studying. Yes. And I was like, what? Like, I don't have the financial independence and I, now I have homework to do? What? <laughs> so, yeah, that was a bit of a stitch up. Welcome to student life. What else is, oh. what else is going on around the world? Um, okay, so um, in Lake Grace, a town in Western Australia, they have to shut their swimming pool because they're doing maintenance on it. And what we're talking about with COVID has been a wild year, but before that, we know there was massive fires and like flooding, you know, kind of Various places in Australia. And there was I feel, drought, then there was fires, yeah. then there was flood, then there was COVID, then there was uh, BLM riots. Yeah, just total stitch up of a year. Like, like, like what's coming in August? Yeah. It's yeah. like, I don't even want to think about just August. It's like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking at August and going, ah, yeah, maybe we shouldn't go there because I don't know what's going to happen. I know. Actually, I do know what's going to happen because I've read the Bible, I've read the end of the book, and it ends well. Yes, accurate. But for yeah. this. Kind of just, in the short moment. term, we don't know. Yeah, but yeah, so I really feel for the farmers. And often I get a bit overwhelmed because I'm like, I don't know how to help. You know, that they're still, a lot of them are still struggling. Yeah. But anyway, so Lake Grace has this swimming pool. They've got to close it for maintenance. And so they just went, hold on, we have a whole bunch of farmers in the area. We have all this water. Why drain it? Like, and so they have not been chlorinating it for weeks um, with the intention that when their level's low enough, um, just anyone... You have a truck, whatever, come get water, take it for free. Nice. Um, and I just think that's cool because, as they said, it's water. It's there. Yeah. They're either going to drain it or, it's, you know, it's just going to be totally useless. And that can be like a nothing thing if you have if you have water. But when you don't have something, you're like, oh, <laughs> just watch it drain away, you know. And so I wonder, I wonder how well pooled water goes because, I mean, we yeah. had a swimming pool at our last house and it never did the grass any harm. Mm. And never did the dog any harm. He always used to drink it whenever he go in there. Oh, like, no. <laughs> drinking pool water. 
And it never does, doesn't you know, because kids get in there and they swallow huge amounts of it. That's true. But do you reckon it's different if you're trying to grow stuff in it? I don't know. Yeah. The grass grows, the grass loved it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's probably not great for your veggies. It's I, I, I don't know. You know, it's just like <laughs> this is not a recommendation from Lyle to use your pool yeah, water go use for pool. <laughs> um, growing vegetables or as a drinking supply. We certainly didn't use it. I, I, I don't think I would drink it ever on a regular no. basis unless I was in desperate, desperate circumstances. Couldn't be good for you. It, it just could not be good. It's like someone was telling me, um, this is a bit of a side note again, but they were like, oh, yeah, I just was like, didn't have any water, so I was just drinking like the ocean water. And I was like, did that make you more thirsty though? Like, like Yeah, it's that's a really, things. really bad idea. Like- <laughs> that, that can also kill you. Yeah, I was like, I feel like you're not... That's not going to be the most helpful there thing. There is that saying, you know, that um, that people on life rafts use, you know, water, water everywhere and not a drop to drink. And there's a reason for mm, that. Mm. I have heard of people who have built up a tolerance to it over time. But, I mean, hey, you're going to get some pretty vicious kidney stones from all of that. Oh, at, yeah. at, at, at the best case scenario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's your best case scenario. But, yeah, so I just thought that was a really cool story of someone who was just like, maybe we can't do everything. But we can do something and we'll just do this. Yes. You know, and I think that's sometimes all you can do is start where you are with the thing that you have, even in. I think we should do that with all pools because most pools close over winter for yeah, maintenance. Fully. Let's just recycle that water. Why not? Yeah. Makes it's, sense I to mean, me. it's got to be easier to recycle that kind of water than to desalinate ocean water. Mm. A lot less energy involved there. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Joining us on the phone is Dr. Sven Erstring. Dr. Sven, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be back again, Lyle. And we are looking forward to the apologetic subject that you're going to bring to us today. Uh, What are we going to talk about this time? Yes. So the question is, why did Jesus need to die? So, Lyle, um, this is one of the most important questions in um, Christianity and the Bible. Because, of course, in Christianity, uh, the, the whole message is that God sent Jesus to to die for us, um, but you know, if you talk, if you're talking to um, atheists and skeptics, um, they will actually question. You know, why why did this need to happen? Um, because it, you know, can sound, you know, for that famous verse, "For God so loved the world that He sent His only Son uh, to die," it can sound like uh, God's being pretty. Uh, cruel to to his own son sounds a bit like uh, cosmic child abuse, as, as they say. So we really want to dive into this, you know. And and for us as as Christians, you know, this concept is so so important. You know, the the cross is so central uh, to our faith. So we want to ask this question: Why did Jesus need to die? It's a good question. I uh, you know I've had somebody who has you know plain straight out told me they could never ever serve someone who sent their child to their death. Yes, yes. And, you know, that's a pretty heavy statement when you hear that. And it's like, wow, you know, when you've grown up as a Christian, the death of Jesus for us is the ultimate act of love of both the Father and the Son. And this is what has drawn us to God. But for other people who look at it differently, it's what is, is driving them from God. Yes, Yes. So, so what we want to do is we want to dive into this, this very question. Why did Jesus need to die? So, first of all, it, it starts with who we are and our very, very nature. And the Bible is very, very clear that as human beings in our current condition, our current state, 
we are sinful. Um, and I guess that's a pretty sobering, pretty humbling kind of thought. Yes. Uh, but that's what the Bible says. And it's interesting that um, uh, philosophers and thinkers have said, of all the teachings in the in the Bible, in Christianity, this is one of the the most um, clearly, uh, the one which has the most evidence. You, you've got so much, as I would say, empirical evidence that we really are um, sinful um, beings. I mean, you just look around the world. You look around everything that's happening in the world. And unfortunately, and this is the sad reality, that we are we are sinful. We we are not morally um, pure. We're not morally perfect. Uh, we wish we were but we do unfortunately sin. And there's, there's lots of really powerful um, uh, biblical statements which, which really um, demonstrate this. So, for example, uh, you go to Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, for all have sinned and fall, sh- fall short of the glory of God. We, we um, you know, like a sort of um, uh, track and field, you know, you've got that high jump. Uh, we just do not get across that bar. We just always crash into it or we always fall short. And Unfortunately, that's the reality of, of who we are, Lyle. Yep. It's, it's one of those things that, um, you know, I was looking at some research recently that was bringing out that in the 1930s, Germany was the most educated nation in the world, mm. yet they descended into Nazism. And I was seeing that research and just, you know, thinking about the fact that this is, this is an expression of the brokenness of human nature that we are capable of that kind of thing and we sort of like to look back and think oh well, you know we'd never be nazis or anything like that but human nature outside of the control of god can do terrible things anyone's yeah. human nature can do that yes yes definitely and and even in our own time Lyle, um you know if we if we look to the united states great nation um you know has done so much good around the world um, but, you know, even for all the United States greatness, we could look to England as well, the, the United Kingdom. Uh, the fact is this, is that when conditions, when situations change, um, you can see some incredible things happen. Similar to, for example, Hong Kong at the, <clears throat> at the moment as well. Um, a very, very um, capable, you know, country. Um, and yet, you know, because of different forces at play, you know, things can really um, uh, descend into, you know, uh, close to, to chaos. I mean, maybe not quite that far, but it certainly, look, a lot of things can happen. So, and, and this is the thing, is that what the Bible says is that Jesus came to die because of our sin. It was it was our condition which led him to, to do that. So, for example, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with Scripture. So it was because of our need that Jesus came to, to die. So that's the first point um, that, I, that I want to make this, this uh, today. And the other thing is that we might be wondering, well, what really is sin? You know, sin is not a um, it's not a word which atheists and skeptics like to use. Uh, you know, the the concept of being sinners. Um, but what really is sin? And I want to go to a definition in the Bible. Um, it's probably no, not the most common one, but I think it goes uh, really, really deep. In in Romans chapter fourteen at verse twenty three, it says, "For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin." 
whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So what it's saying is that when we don't have faith in God, that is that is actually sin. It's when we lose trust for who God is and his character, his nature, when we we um, mistrust him and we doubt him, that's when that's when sin occurs. And so you see that in the Garden of Eden. You see the where um, Eve went wrong is that she started to doubt the goodness of God at that tree where the serpent was as well. So that that is a um, one of the deepest, most um, profound understanding of what sin is. And then we move to to the um, probably more common understanding, um, which is found in First John three verse four. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness, breaking the law. So so that's the kind of you, we've crossed the line. Um, that we shouldn't have. So, so that's the kind of definition definition of sin. And then there's another one, um, which is quite profound as well, which is very very important. In Isaiah chapter one and verse five and six, it says, "The whole head is sick, and the whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there's no soundness in it, but bruises and sores." What it's saying is, sin is like a a disease. It's kind of like a a um, COVID-19 coronavirus that, that affects every single, um, aspect of us. Um, that, you know, we, we're just, um, we're effectively sick with sin, which, um, doesn't sound really nice, but that's what the Bible's saying. It's interesting because I've often used the word evil when speaking to, you know, non-Christians because they just don't acknowledge that sin is a thing, but, you can't deny the existence of evil and the fact that evil exists in our world. And it's like, That's okay, right. where does this evil come from? Well, this evil yes. comes from human beings. Well, where does it come from in human beings? And the result is, you know, ultimately, it's because they have, you know, severed that connection with God. And as you say, you know, whatever is not when they when you don't trust God, when you're not putting faith in God, then what do you actually have to define, you know, what is morally right and what is morally wrong? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Because because God is the 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 standard of morality. It's His character which is the standard of morality. And so, so you have this picture and, and you, you, um, you have this picture of um, the, uh, hu- human beings and humanity um, where we have got entangled with sin and, and sin is like a, a spiritual um, uh, sickness, a spiritual condition where we, we all are um, um, caught. We, it's, con- it's so contagious and it's passed on from, from mother and father to, to child. And so we, we are headed towards you know, total um, destruction and oblivion. And then the question is, what, what was God's response to that? God could have said, you know, they didn't trust me um, back in the Garden of Eden. Uh, they they were not willing to to accept my um, understanding. They they didn't accept my goodness and direction. So he could have said, and, and this is what it's, um, it says in in the Desire of Ages, beautiful commentary about the life of Jesus. That God have, could have swept us all away, and it would have been a totally um, just thing to do. He could have just um, you know written us off. But what what God did is he said, no, I want to give them a second chance. I want to give them the freedom to choose again. And so he, he out of his incredible love, um, 
sent his son, his um, um, his only son, to die on the cross for us. That's what it says in John uh, 3 and verse 16, another um, passage in the Bible as well. Now, so this this comes back to, to the question, why did Jesus need to die? Okay, so why, um, why couldn't God have sent an angel um, or, or somebody else to, to die on our behalf? This is a really, really profound concept, really significant. And this, this comes back to the very identity of God himself. Uh, and, and not only God, also Jesus' will. You see, Jesus, the Bible says, is our creator. Jesus created this world. He created all of us. He sustains us as well. So Jesus is not just another created being. Um, so it's not like sending you to die for me. No. Um, what the Bible is saying is that Jesus came as our creator. And when he died, um, it, it, what it means is that we all die. That's what it says in Second Corinthians 5 and verse 14, because we have concluded this, that one has died uh, for all, therefore all have died. So in this incredible, this this um, it's really a, a an act of genius, um, incredible wisdom. Um, uh, what God did is He said, "I'm going to send Jesus um, to to die for humanity." But in that very process. We all die in him. So um, because he is our creator, because he's sustainer, when, when Jesus dies, we all die. And that means that Jesus can solve the, the, the problem of sin for us. That's why Jesus needed to die. And it couldn't have been Gabriel. It couldn't have been, you know, um, anybody else in the heavenly ranks. It, it, it needed to be Jesus. And that for me, I find that incredibly profound. You know, this is not God sending his son and as a as an act of you know cosmic child abuse this is god himself stepping into our world as our creator to die for us so he could fully address and resolve the problem for sin for us it's just absolutely incredible Lyle. it's a very profound thought that none of us would exist without jesus christ yes none of us yes. would be able to continue to exist without the sustaining power of christ and when yes. Jesus dies and Jesus is dead, then for us, our future is completely over and done and finished. And then when Jesus comes back to life, of course, the resurrection, you know, becomes that great promise for us of eternal life. It's completely, That's right. it's completely reversed. That's right. And so, so what um, philosophers have said is that um, sometimes it's a little bit hard to think because we tend to think of ourselves as a little bit like, um, you know, we're, we're a bit like a car. We've come off the assembly line, you know, at um, uh, Ford or Commodore. I could say the Commodore's kind of wrapping up. <laughs> um, but um, Or you could think of Toyota or Honda or whatever. Pick your favorite car. So we come off the line. Uh, so once we've left the, the car yard, we, we, we just drive away, you know, as long as you fill uh, Lyle up with some petrol, you know, using the car analogy, you'll keep on going um, for, for as long as until you kind of break down. But it's not actually like that in terms of with God. The, the picture which we want to use in terms of how God sustains us is more like a, a, a picture on a TV. 
So with the picture on the TV, um, as long as the, the power, as long as God is sustaining you, then, then your um, picture, your image, if I could put it that way, will continue to, to exist. But if God were to pull a plug on you, you would vanish in an instant. Yes. And that's incredible to think about. You, you would be absolutely gone. Uh, so it's not like a car that continues to drive on and, and um, you know, uh, continue to, to, to exist. No, the whole universe would be completely gone if, if God didn't sustain us. And so when Jesus died for us, what he did is this, is he said, I'm going to, I'm going to take away your, your sin infected life. And, and I'm going to destroy sin um, in, in the big sense. And then in, in the resurrection, I'm going to give you another choice, another choice where you can come back um, to life in me and you can have a, you can have my righteousness, my, my pure, um, spiritually pure life. And so that, that is what the, 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 the whole, um, picture, the symbol of baptism really is. Baptism is saying, yes, I understand that in Jesus, I died to my old self, completely gone, uh, completely, you know, buried. And then I raised to new life. In Him, and that is my choice. I'm going to put my faith in Jesus, rather than you know what we pr- usually do is we put our faith in ourselves. We yes. put our faith in our own abilities, all of those kind of things. But we say no because I see that 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 I cannot exist without Jesus. I'm going to um, completely be destroyed by sin. I'm going to put my faith in Jesus and be raised to new life in Him, and I'm going to accept. But I'm going to choose the eternal life which He can give me, and and honestly, Lord, this is. Um, I mean, we're only in many ways kind of scratching the surface here of what Jesus did for us and why He needs to die for us. But it's so exciting, it's so profound. Doctor Van Erstring, thank you so much for joining us this morning. That is a, a, an incredibly profound thought. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It is now time for. Question of the day. And we have somebody who's written in to us. Uh, the verse in Philippians 1.23, Paul speaks about having a desire to depart, dying, and being with Christ. Uh, it doesn't add up to what some teach about what happens when we die. Okay, so the Bible teaches this when you die. The Bible teaches that you die and wait for the resurrection. And when Jesus returns, you are resurrected to go, be, to go with Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible teaches. There are a multitude of verses on that. You can't have both the resurrection and the immortality of the soul at the same time. They cancel each other out. Either you are immortal or you have a resurrection. One of the two. Which one is it? And the Bible teaches the resurrection at the second coming of Jesus. The word soul and spirit are mentioned over 1,700 times in the Bible. There's not a single solitary reference to any place where the spirit and soul are referred to as being immortal. Those verses Mm. don't exist. These are traditions that have crept into Christianity over such a long period of time that a whole system of theology has been built around them that is not the theology of the Bible and doesn't exist in the Bible. However, this person wants to know about this particular passage right here. Okay, so we go to Philippians chapter 1 and verse 23. Let's read what the Bible says. And then we'll look at what the Bible doesn't say. It's a fair question. Uh, in verse 23, it says, For I am in a strait. What do yours translations say? Mine says, I am hard pressed between the two. 
Uh, hard pressed between mm. two options right here. I've got the old English. Uh, I am hard pressed between two options, having a desire to depart and to be which, with Christ, which is far better. Mm. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Okay, so Paul really, really wants to be with Jesus Christ. Mm. There's no question about that. And if he dies, then he can be with Jesus Christ. And if he stays, then he doesn't get to be with Jesus Christ, but he's like, well, I need to stay because God's called me to stay and God has given me a work to do, which is to minister to you. Okay, there is no question in anybody's minds, and we all agree that after you die, if you are faithful to Jesus Christ, you will be with Jesus Christ. No one is debating that. The debate is on when that happens. Mm. So no one's debating that when you die, you'll be with Jesus Christ. It's just one person says you'll be with Jesus Christ the day you die. The other person says you'll be with Jesus Christ at the resurrection. Those might seem subtly different, but they are actually vastly different. The Bible describes you know, death as a sleep. Lazarus died. He was dead for four days. Mm. And when Lazarus came back from the dead, he did not have you know, stories to tell about being in heaven with God. And imagine how cruel that would be to drag somebody out of heaven to this world. You'd be pretty gutted. Yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, you'd have some pretty interesting stories to tell. No, he didn't have any stories to tell. Mm. But you could say the same with Jesus too. When he dies, he goes, hold on, I haven't gone to my father yet. Exactly. Jesus didn't go anywhere when he died. Mm. He was in the grave when Jesus... That's a really good point. Mm. I've never actually thought of it that way. I just way. feel like if, you, if I base as much as I can off Jesus' life and death, yeah. like you can't... Go too doc- doctrinally wrong. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so the question here, it's, uh, it's, it's a very simple one. Uh, we all agree that when you die, you'll be with Jesus Christ. Mm. We just agree on when that takes place. Uh, let's look at uh, what the Bible says in John. Let's look at a verse here, John chapter 5, verse uh, 28, 27, 28. The Bible says, uh, verse 28, 29. Marvel not at this, the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves will hear his voice. Whereabouts does the Bible say they are? In, in the graves. graves. And it is at one time. They will come forth, those that have done good to the resurrection of life, those that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. The Bible says that we wait in the graves until the resurrection. There's no such thing as the immortality of the soul. There is peaceful rest in sleep until Jesus comes back. 